1: Um, So I have a question. Who has heard the saying, ignorance is bliss? By show of hands. Yes. Okay, what about um, what you don't know can't hurt you? Who's heard that before? Okay, did you know that statement, what you don't know can't hurt you, dates back to 1576? That statement was made in 1576 by A.G. Petit in Petit Palace, who was an English writer of Romance. So I am not necessarily in agreement with Mr. Romance, because I actually believe that what you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know can hurt you, especially when it comes to kingdom things, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. What you don't know can hurt you because I believe there's too many Christians living out in the world that are living way under where God has called them to live way over and set apart over these things that are keeping them in bondage. There's way too many Christians and believers in this life that are struggling with depression, with addiction, with limiting mindsets, with self-sabotaging behaviors, with fear, Fear and anxiety, with addictions, with, with sexual perversions. Too many Christians are living with those things in their life because what they don't know is hurting them. What they don't know is hurting them. And you may be one of those people here tonight, but that is my mission and my goal tonight, to help you understand so that you, what you know can actually help set you free. Amen. Because that was the case for me. I, I grew up in church my entire life. And for whatever reason, did you guys know that I never in 26 years heard a message on deliverance and freedom? In 26 years of being in church every single Sunday. Here's the thing, many churches like kind of understand the importance of freedom and deliverance, but very few, if any, really talk about it from the platform on a Sunday or a Wednesday service. So they'll operate in freedom and deliverance behind closed doors when someone comes to them that seems oppressed and and expresses that they need help in an area. But in my opinion, that is far too few people getting freedom and deliverance. And that's why I personally have a problem with that approach that we keep these kinds of things behind closed doors or in the private room or that little creepy room out the back because all of us need freedom and deliverance in some area of our life. And whether we've had freedom or deliverance before, guaranteed you're going to need freedom and deliverance again because we are on a journey of freedom. And why I personally have such a struggle with this not being talked about publicly is because I lived 26 years with the same struggles and the same issues and the same chains that dominated my entire life. And nobody told me that I could be free. I lived with massive fear, anxiety, worries, that led to me controlling things. I had fears mostly around relationships with men. I feared, because of traumas in my life, I feared that I'd be rejected or feared that I would one day be abandoned or left or betrayed because there had been adultery in my family line. I lived with so much fear that it actually caused me to almost have anxiety attacks. I couldn't go out to normal places, and I wouldn't allow John to go out in public settings in places where he may be tempted by someone remotely attractive. I'm serious. I, he didn't. I would like. I would have an anxiety attack if he said he was going to go to the Charger game because what if he ran into a cheerleader and loved her and ran away from me? So I had these these fears that seemed so real that would set me into this tailspin of anxiety and fear and hyperventilating. They were so real to me because I was consumed with a spirit of fear. Did I like to be a psycho? No. I mean, it was exhausting. Always trying to control everything he did and where he went. And honestly, it wasn't fun for me. And it definitely wasn't fun for Pastor John. Up until this point in my life, I ruined every single relationship I was in because I would try to control everything that person did to give me the illusion of safety that I would never be hurt or abandoned. And what I what did I end up doing was it was like that self-perpetuating, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. I was so controlling and I just feared so much and I would always accuse and have accusations that I actually did run them off. So my fear of being rejected and abandoned would always come true. And so I lived like this for 10 years. I was completely out of control. I didn't want to be that way. I did everything in the natural. I read all the self-help books. I went to the counseling. I would set goals for myself. Like I would try to count down from 10 instead of freaking out. Like everything I did wouldn't work. But I had no idea. I was like, what I'm doing isn't working. Nothing is working. And no one ever told me that I could be set free in a moment. Until I was 26 years old, and I finally found a couple that understood the spiritual realm, that understood that we can have oppressive spirits, demonic spirits in our life, making us have an uncontrollable fear. The Bible says that God did not give us a spirit of fear. I was consumed with the spirit of fear that led me to be anxious, have panic attacks, and control every single person that was in my life. And at the age of 26, I finally realized that I could not deal, deal with, I realized it was a spiritual problem, not just jacked up Becky. When I realized there was a spiritual root, an oppressive spirit to my issue, I encountered the powerful God that has come to set the captives free. I was delivered and set free from that torment with a prayer. Ten years of my life, I, was, I suffered needlessly and senselessly when the answer was Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God manifesting in my life and commanding demons to go. That's why I don't like to just do it privately. I think we all need to understand and be empowered to know how the demonic spirits work and they are actively trying to steal, to kill, and destroy our lives. So I, that's why I'm going to just teach today. I'm going to teach some stuff because we don't want you to not be empowered. We don't want you to not know. We don't want you to go through this life feeling like there's no way out. So we're just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach tonight because some of you for the first time are going to realize that you actually could experience freedom in an area of your life that you have felt bound, controlled by. So I'm here with this encouraging word from the word of God, Luke three eighteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I want to tell you the Spirit of the Lord is upon every minister that's going to be ministering at the end of this service. For God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Amen? Amen. Amen. And like we mentioned before, freedom isn't just one moment in time. Freedom is a constant journey we are on as believers. We are already get, always getting set free. For me, I've probably been set free from a new thing every year as I go deeper in Christ and he reveals an area of my life where there's a limiting mindset or an ungodly belief. We're on a journey of freedom. And it is so important to text I am free to 55525 because if, if it's not just an experience, it's now a lifestyle. And if you don't learn how to stay free, I guarantee you, you will go right back into the same bondages that you came here with tonight, that you are about to get set free from. Amen? Amen. So we can get set free in a moment through the power of God, and we're going to help facilitate that tonight for every single person who wants freedom. But keeping your freedom is now your responsibility through the power of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ. So I wanted to share the reason why it's so important to to get those resources, because just like me, I was set free from that spirit, spirit of fear that was tormenting in a moment but that doesn't mean that all the fearful thoughts just magically went away. The fearful thoughts still came at me. However, I had to now, che- they weren't overwhelming anymore. They were like more manageable, but now I had to renew my mind. Now I had to learn how to keep the ground that I, that I received in my freedom encounter. And so I actually had to learn when those fearful thoughts came, my natural way of programming myself for 10 years was to become fearful and then be filled with anxiety and then control everything. So I, to resist the urge to the power of the Holy Spirit to not turn to those same devices. If I had turned back to, to fear, anxiety, and control, I would have just been bound up all over again. So I had to learn how to take every thought captive. And the Bible says, take it unto the obedience of Christ. And so every time a fearful thought had came, came into my life, I would actually write it down. And I would say, this is a lie. I don't have to be afraid of this because God is with me. I would rebuke what I was afraid of. And I would command the spirit of fear to go. And then I would renew my mind with what the word of God said about that situation. So wherever I believed a lie, the truth now resided. And that's how we overcome the power of the enemy. The Bible says somewhere um, in James 4, 7 through 8, it says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So we're free, but now we have to resist the temptation to go back into the old thinking patterns and behaviors that God has bound in the first place. We must renew our minds and learn to keep the ground that we have gained. And then, beautiful Pastor Jeff. Oh, I loved that message. Thank you. Because here's the thing we can get you set free from a spirit of poverty and a spirit of the lack mentality like always afraid that there's never going to be enough that's a spirit that is keeping you bound in fear and in lack so we can get you set free from that but then you have to not just get set free now you have to apply the new principles of giving and then and then go on to become generous that's how you fully break the cycle of going back into fear and lack and a poverty mentality to so now you got the ground now you keep it and then you take it by being generous it's like Take that, devil. And if you're new, we don't always talk this much about the devil. It's like devil, devil, demons. Ah! Okay, it's, it's, it's freedom week. It's freedom week. So if you're here for the first time, like this is a special week we set aside. Okay, just wanted to let you know. <coughs> Sorry. I'm inhaling so much air because I'm talking so fast I keep coughing. <laughs> All right, okay, here we go. Um, so I'm going to do some teaching because many of us have questions about where this all this demonic stuff even came from. Like, So this is going to help you. It's going to help all of us. And then if I can share how we learn, how we get in bondage, it will help us not get in bondage because we are aware of the enemy's tactics. So knowledge is power and what you don't know can hurt you. So I am going to teach you what you should know so that we cannot be hurt by the enemy. Amen. So I'm just going to ask myself a few questions tonight, assuming you have the same ones. How about that? All right. Is there really a devil and are there really demons? Well, Ephesians 6:12 in the Bible says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So I understand that knowing there is wickedness in the heavenly places and we are wrestling against demonic forces doesn't necessarily give us the, the warm and fuzzy feelings. I understand that. But the fact of the matter is, is we have a real enemy and his name is Satan and the devil. And his mission on earth, John 10:10 tells us, is to steal, to kill and destroy our lives. Question number two. Why would God create the devil and his demons? If God's so good, why would he create the devil who's after us to steal and to kill and destroy our lives? I get this question a lot. If God was so good, why would he even create these things? Well, the answer is that God our Father never created the devil or his demons. God actually only created heavenly angels. And just like mankind, God created these angels to have a free will. In the book of Isaiah... 14, 12 through 15, it tells us what happened in heaven when one of the chief angels decided with his free will to rebel against God. His name in heaven was Lucifer. They called him the shining star, the chief of all angels, decided to rebel against God. And now Lucifer is now known as Satan the devil. And in the book of Isaiah, it tells us that That Lucifer became full of pride and he said he wanted to set his throne above God's throne. He wanted to climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. And then the Bible tells us, sorry, I'm seeing this too. There we go. Get all the distractions out of the way. And that, and that Lucifer convinced one-third of the angels in their free will to also rebel against God. And then the Bible tells us in Revelations 12, 7-9, that a war broke out in heaven. It says, in a war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon And his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon, Satan, was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And that's where the Bible tells us that he roams around on the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's in 1 Peter 5, 8. And the Bible also tells us in Revelations twelve twelve that he comes with great wrath because he knows that his time is short for he and his demons will be cast into the eternal fire. And can I just tell you that and many of people are like, why would God create hell? Well, well, God actually created hell for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, 41 tells us that God created hell as a judgment for the devil and his demons. But now that we have this roaring lion around the earth seeking whom he may devour... He is trying to take as many people with him on earth to the place called hell where he will be tormented and you will be tormented with him. And just like he did rebelling against God and rejecting God, he is trying to get as much as humanity to reject him here on earth, to rebel against God and his ways, so that he will not be alone in the lake of fire, tormented at the end of time. And do you know why like the devil hates you so much? Like, he despises you. It's amazing me, to me how many people worship the devil. And I'm like, do you know he hates you? Like, even though you're a worshiping, he actually hates you. Because even people who are worshiping the devil were actually created in the image of God. All humanity was created in the image of God. So whether you love God or you worship the devil, when he looks at humanity, he sees God and he hates you for it. So, question number three, and I want to answer on this, everyone, should we be afraid of the devil? No! No! No, we should not be afraid of the devil. Why, Pastor Becky? Why? Well, because we've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. This is the good news! Oh, yes, we've been given authority. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you, you authority, you authority, you authority, all of us authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And we don't have to live in fear of the enemy's power because 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in us, Jesus Christ, is greater than he who is in the world, our enemy. And we, when we exercise our authority over the enemy and its power, do you know that the kingdom of darkness has to flee? He has to go. So we don't have to be afraid when we understand our authority because he has to go at the sound of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So I want to tell you this, though, that demons, unlike the flesh, cannot be crucified or tamed or changed. Okay? We cannot kill demons. They must be cast out. Freedom, Yet freedom and deliverance and casting out of demons cannot be a substitute for being a disciple of Jesus Christ and making the daily decisions to deny our sinful flesh and be obedient to the word of God. So in simple terms, we shouldn't go living like a heathen from Monday to Saturday and then think we can just wash it all away, simple as that on a Sunday, okay? First of all, you're robbing yourself of an epic life, and you're giving the enemy continual power and authority to operate in your life. Why would you do that? So you cannot cast out the flesh. You must crucify it and deny your sinful flesh the things that it may desire from time to time and walk in obedience to Christ, You know, and I just know there's a lot of sincere Christians. I was that sincere Christian who spent a lot of energy trying to suppress tendencies that were being fueled by demonic oppression. But I did not know that I couldn't do it with my own natural weapons. I needed a supernatural solution to my problem and I needed to just cast out the spirit of fear, not try to manage the spirit of fear. We try to manage the demonic oppression in our lives. They cannot be managed. They must be cast out. And you honestly, I'm going to be honest, you cannot overcome unless you cast him out. That area that is plaguing you, that is a stronghold, that is a ceiling, cannot be overcome until that spirit is cast out. So wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to cast it out? Yes. Wait, why are we not all saying yes? Yes. Yes. And did you know that the casting out of demons is actually fully a part of the gospel message which is is strange to me why so many churches don't talk about it because all in the gospels the bible's always talking about casting out demons in Jesus's ministry he never sent out people to minister nor he did he minister himself with also preaching the gospel healing the sick and casting out demons Everywhere Jesus went, he did those three things. And every time he empowered his disciple and his followers to go out, it was to preach the gospel, to cast out demons and heal the sick. If you'd like some references for that and want to be sure that I'm not making this up, Mark 3, 14 through 15 says that very thing. And so does Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal kind, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of Kinds of diseases. So, preaching and ministering the fullness of the gospel is salvation, is healing and freedom from oppressive spirits. That is the fullness of the gospel message. So many of us have only experienced salvation, but I want to tell you tonight that healing and freedom is your portion, the fullness of the gospel message. Question number four Can a Christian be possessed by a demon? wait, tricky question. Possessed? No. Why? Ephesians 1.13 tells us that when when we become a Christian, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, so we are God's possession. However, Christians can be oppressed by demons. So by show of hands, How many of you were set free from demonic oppression after you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Just show of hands. The majority of the room, for those listening on podcasts, the majority of the room just lifted their hands. Okay. All right. So this is a very real thing. To all of us who just lifted our hands, there is no way you convince us that demonic oppression is not real because we've experienced freedom from it after we came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And there's a great example of this in, in Luke chapter four that you can read later, but there was a man in church. He was in church at the synagogue and the Bible says he was following Jesus's teaching. So he was like following Jesus. He wanted to know what he was saying. So we can we can kind of gather that he was a follower of Jesus. And so he's in this building and the Bible talks about as Jesus begins to share the truth, to share the gospel, the demonic oppression, the spirit's uh, possessing him or oppressing him began to manifest, and and the the demons cried out. And the Bible says that um, as Jesus was teaching, the demonic spirit that was oppressing that man's life it was an unclean spirit. So so when when like I said, the kingdom of light confronts the kingdom of darkness, even just with the truth. Sometimes the demonic begins to manifest because they actually know they are encountering the kingdom of light and the kingdom of power. And they know that their time is about to be up and they're usually not happy about it, but we are. So it's important to know this man was in church, a follower of Jesus Christ, and he had an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit means that at some point in his life, he we don't have the details, but he engaged in some type of sexual sin, could have been pornography, An act of adultery, sex outside of marriage, sexual perversions, or quite possibly he could have been tampered with as a child. Somehow an unclean spirit entered this man. So in noting that, I want us to understand that sometimes we're oppressed by demons, not because of sinful things we have done, but sometimes we get oppressed by demons and demons enter into our lives because of sinful acts that were done to us. Is it fair? No. Is the devil a dog? Yes. And I think that's really important to know because there's some people that, if, when they begin to feel that they may a manifestation, just know that, that God loves you and he, he wants to set you free and you don't have to feel ashamed. God loves you. So in this story, When the demons began manifesting, all Jesus did was rebuke the demons and said, be quiet and come out of him. The demons came out. The demons threw the man on the ground first and then came out of him. But the man was not hurt. We don't need to be afraid when we have a powerful encounter with a loving God, when the kingdom of God manifests in our life. Because that man who may have been tormented since a child was set free by the power and the love of God. And those demons left his life once and for all. You know, there's, you know, so many stories, and I want to give some examples, and I, and I give a lot of examples with things because I want you to maybe go, oh, I can find myself in that story. That actually happened to me. Maybe that's something that I need to get set free from. You know, but there's um, things, and to just not, I want to take, like, the scariness out of it. I hope everyone's not scared because, again, this is a normal part of the gospel message. One-third of Jesus' ministry like, Jesus is here to set you free and change your life. You know, but we've, we've you know, in ministry, you know, we've, we've uh, ministered to many different people, some with little bondages and strongholds, some with massive strongholds and bondages. And I, I'm going I'm to give you some pretty intense examples, but I just need everyone to understand in here that a lot of the times we don't even know that we're being oppressed. Some of you may become aware that you're oppressed when I bring up things tonight. Um, But a lot of times the demons just fly under the radar because if they go manifesting and throwing people and throwing you on the ground and, and, and speaking out of your mouth and growling or whatever, you would actually go like, wow, that's not normal. I need to be set free. So why would the devil do that? Because his whole goal is to, to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. And if he has has territory in your life, why would he tell you? Why would he let you know? He's just going to make you believe that, oh, that's just how I am. I, I could have just said, I'm just fearful. I'm just an anxious person. I'm just timid. I'm just... You're not just any of those things. God did not create you to be fearful. He did not create you to be timid. He created you to be confident, to understand your identity. So you are not just that way. So in going through some of these things, I just want to help people understand. There was a woman that came to our church. She had, had received salvation in this church. She didn't have an upbringing with Christianity. Her family actually, for generation after generation, hundreds of years, was deeply involved in witchcraft. She was not necessarily involved in the witchcraft, but her family was to the point where she actually witnessed sacri- sacrifices. So this beautiful woman who had found salvation was still tormented. And she would feel her car pulling off the freeway all the time. She would have these nightmares. She'd be tormented. She actually, the level of demonic oppression was so great, she would actually find herself levitating, and she did not know how to manage the the demonic manifestation that was outwardly happening in her life. And so John and I were a part of this deliverance session with some other powerful ministers, you know, from our church, and and it's crazy because this beautiful woman, the moment you started going after the, the demonic, it was almost like her eyes became like snakes, like she looked almost non-human. There was that level of bondage, and she was tormented, and and in that moment. All we needed was the authority of Jesus Christ to set her free. I remember at that time, the demon actually looked straight at John and spoke and told him that he had no authority. And then my wonderful husband, knowing his authority, quoted Luke 10, 19 at the devil and said, I've been given authority over all the power of the enemy and continue to pray for her freedom. Do you know that woman was entirely set free? I mean, I, her whole countenance was different. Her eyes actually... Actually changed color. They were like dark and black. You could barely dif- differentiate the pupil from whatever the color part of your eye is called. And now also it was dark. And now all of a sudden it was like, it was, it was like a greenish appearance. Like she was completely set free. And it was like, I I saw her the next Sunday and I almost didn't recognize her because she looked so full of light and peace, which she had never experienced in her entire life. And all it took was a powerful encounter with God and she was set free. You know, there's, there's such things as generational curses and familiar spirits that actually can pass down from generation to generation. Again, there may be things in your life you don't understand why you're that way. You don't understand why you struggle with this. And maybe it's not because of what you have done but what's been passed down from generation to generation. The Bible talks about in Exodus 20, I believe, that generational curses can pass down from three and four generations through the womb. Is it fair? Again, no. Is the devil a dog? Yes. But an example of this is a beautiful woman in our church. She was a connect group leader, a volunteer. It was a freedom Sunday and I was preaching all morning and it was the 12 o'clock service. She stayed after and waited to be the last one for prayer because she didn't realize she, she knew she had all these weird propensities in her life, but she never knew her family history and she didn't understand why she struggled. And when she turned to her friend in church to say something, she was a beautiful female, but a demonic male voice came out of her mouth. And so then she just, you know, just kept quiet and waited till the end. So we ended up having this deliverance session with her that took quite a bit of time. And I'm telling you, I've never spoken to demons directly. But in that moment, to be honest, I was just tired. I was tired. I had preached three messages. I had ministered after everyone, And that was just two hours after the service ended. And so I just got fed up. I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't know. Quatra is a good idea. But I was just like, because could, we couldn't figure out what the root was. Like, where did all these issues come from? So it was Pastor Tom and I. We were ministering. And I just said, like, how did you get in her? <laughs> And a male voice said a man's name. I didn't know who the man was. And then I said, okay, how did how did you how did you male name person get in her? Like cause it wasn't just him. No, no, and I asked him, I asked him, I said, how did you get in her? And he said, he named himself and he said, I've always been with her. Which told me right then and there that this was more than likely a generational curse had been passed down. Because if de- this demon is admitting he'd always been with her, that means he was with her at the time of her birth. So then I'm like, whoa, generational. So then I start inquiring of the male demon who actually gave him access to her. And then he named a female name. And so we found out later when the, the beautiful woman came to, she didn't know. I said, who is this person and this person? And she said, that is my dad and my great-grandma. And she was like, how do you know their names? I'm like, well, the demons told me. And they said, that's how they entered you. So now it is back three generations. And we actually, so she went on a discovery and found out that her great grandma was heavily involved in the occult and witchcraft. So this poor woman had struggled with tendencies, weird sexual desires, fears, like abnormal thinking, all of these struggles in her life. And she never understood, like, why am I so messed up? had no idea that the devil was such a dog that that generational curse had passed down through the bloodline to three generations. But in that moment, then we knew we had to come against the generational curse. Those generational curses have to be broken and cast out. Do you know what is in your family line? Because that could be a key to what you may be struggling with today. Good news. The power of God can set you free. You don't have to know what's in your generational line to be set free. But it is interesting to know where you come from. How good is God? Oh, my goodness. So I want to talk about now how demons enter our lives and oppress us. And this is so important. We need to know how we give the devil access to our lives so we can prevent that from happening in the future. So knowledge is power. What you don't know can hurt you. So demons cannot force their way into their life, into your life, and enter you any time that they want. So please don't be afraid. They need to be give, given legal access. What do I mean by legal access? Ephesians four twenty seven tells us to, to not give place to the devil. That word place means a legal foothold, an opportunity, a legal right to enter and occupy. So we have to give the devil legal right to enter our lives. Well, what gives the devil legal permission to enter our lives? And I'm gonna name a few things. Ongoing sin. If we, we know we are sinning and we continually choose to live in disobedience, we open ourselves up for demonic oppression. And every time we engage in that sin, the level of demonic oppression increases in our lives. Sexual sin, fantasy life, pornography, you know, there are spirits of perversion and lust that can enter our life. We engage in activities that are not godly or look at things that are not holy and you wonder why people have when they have like a sexual addiction to one of these things you wonder why it feels so hard to break free because it's actually fueled by a demonic spirit so there's no amount of self-control or reminders on your phone not to look at things or accountability partners unless you get set free from the demonic spirit that is fueling that behavior you cannot have victory in that area Another thing, sex outside of marriage. And this is probably one that 95% of us in this room need to get freedom from. The Bible talks is when we have sex with another person, we become one flesh. We become one unit, which means that that the person that is carrying demonic spirits on the inside of them, we just became one with the other person. And now there is a legal right and pathway for demons to enter into the other person through the sexual act. And so we have to get set free from those ungodly soul ties that we made through that act of sex outside of marriage. We've got to do these things, be set free in these areas. Another way for legal entry and access point for the devil is sadly through sexual abuse and molestation. The, de- the devil loves to come at us in our most vulnerable moments and take advantage of trauma and pain to make us believe things, to make ungodly ungodly belief systems, which I'm gonna talk about in a moment. But a lot of times when people experience the horror and the trauma of sexual abuse and molestation, it opens the door for a spirit of shame, of self-hatred, A lot of times we find in this area that children that go through these things actually wish death upon themselves because in those moments they would rather die than have to experience. so horrible what's happening. But then the devil takes advantage of that and attaches himself and actually come, a spirit of death and depression comes upon those beautiful kids. And they wonder why they have this dark cloud following them their whole life. Unresolved anger is another area that gives the devil access. The Bible tells us to not let the sun go down on our anger, and there's a reason for that. Because an anger turns to bitterness, and there's a spirit of bitterness that can rest on us. And you know who these people are. They lack joy in their life. They lack peace in their life. Little things seem much for them. Their reaction to situations don't equal the action. There's overreaction because it's fueled by a demonic spirit. And I want to tell you, I know this is a tough one, but unforgiveness is a huge one. Can I tell you, when I'm ministering to someone and it feels like they're not getting set free and I don't know why, I always have to remind myself to stop and ask, is there anyone in your life that you need to forgive? And you know what? Right away, they always say someone. And we have to walk through them repenting of holding on unforgiveness and then walking through a forgiveness prayer towards that person. Because the Bible says if we don't forgive others for trespasses that they've done to us, neither will our God, the Father in heaven, forgive us from our trespasses. So if we're not forgiven, we cannot come under grace. We stay under the curse and the law. And we cannot experience God's grace when we choose to stay under the curse and the law. And so we actually have given the devil legal access to torment our lives because we want to hold on to that resentfulness. We want to hold on to that anger and bitterness and unforgiveness towards that person, friend, friend, you're not hurting them. You're not getting back at them by holding on to unforgiveness. You are literally destroying your own life and allowing an open door for the enemy to come in and torment you. No. You are worth releasing forgiveness and experiencing freedom in that area. Another access point any level of divination in a cult activity. It gives you direct access to demons, fortune telling, horoscopes, medium, palm readers, witchcraft, Ouija boards, drug use. And a big one, I really need to hurry. Um, the, do you know, it seems really aggressive to use the word wit- witchcraft, but when you try to control any person with any other spirit than the Holy Spirit, you actually come into agreement with the spirit of witchcraft. This is huge. When you try to control people using anger or manipulation, you are actually coming into agreement with the spirit of witchcraft. And you are allowing it to operate through your life. Well, why do we do that? Because then we get what we want when we're angry and we manipulate. But do we want to be bound by a spirit of witchcraft. We have to be so careful to not try to control people and manipulate people. We don't want to come into agreement with that spirit. Emotional wounds are another reason to give the devil reason to end to our lives. Emotional wounds where there's been abandonment or rejection, divorce. Children who are rejected in the womb literally can deal with their whole life feeling rejected. Emotional coldness when you're being raised, they can carry a spirit of rejection. Abortion. Abortion. When we engage in the act of murder, we actually are giving permission for the devil to come in with the spirit of death and grief over our lives. And I'll end on talking about this last one because I think it's underrated, but I think causes the majority of oppression in our lives. And that's inner vows that we make. And it usually comes to a wounding in our life These inner vows are lies that we confess is the truth. And when we come into agreement with these lies, we give the devil permission to ensure that lie becomes our present reality. They become self-fulfilling prophecies. So these are that I'll never trust a man. Guess what? Are you struggling with trusting men? Will you prophesied it over your life? I'll never be good enough. Are you surprised that you always feel like you're not good enough everywhere you go or not good enough for anybody? I'll never be like my mother and father, only to find out you become just like them. When you hear people say, I'll take care of myself. I don't need anyone. No one's ever going to hurt me like that again. We say these things in a moment of pain, but we give the devil permission to Allow that lie to become the truth and operate in our lives. So these individuals will say, I'll take care of myself. I don't need anyone. Or when you have a parent that's distant or the inverted parent relationship where the child feels like they have to be adult because that adult is absent in their lives. These people go through life with almost an inability to be vulnerable and have any depth in relationships because why would they ever have be vulnerable and share and open up their hearts if they don't need anybody? I don't need anybody. So why would I ever be vulnerable with you? Why would I ever tell you what I'm struggling with? Because I guaran—I I made a promise that no one would ever hurt me like that again. And if I'm vulnerable and real with you and have a depth of a relationship with you, I'm open to myself to hurt. So these individuals go through life feeling a level of depth that they see others experience, but they can't experience them for themselves. Don't ever say things like nothing ever works for me. Everything always goes wrong for me. And you wonder why everything always goes wrong for you. I'm never going to be able to buy a home. I'm never going to have kids. I don't want to raise kids in this jacked up world. And then sometimes people struggle to have a child because they've made those agreements in their past. And the devil is more than happy to shut up your womb. He is more than happy to ensure that these things don't come to pass in your life. So when we've made these inner vows, these ungodly beliefs, we've given the power enemy, the enemy power to operate in that area of our life and actually and actually become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So this is huge. This is huge. People don't pay attention to it, but you need to repent from believing that lie and then come into agreement with the truth to break the power of it and break the curse of that, that lie attached to your life. So we're gonna to come to a close. The only thing I didn't really have time to address tonight is this uh, healing versus a spirit of infirmity. And I will just say this, in the Bible, sometimes Jesus heals people and some type, sometimes he casts out a spirit of infirmity when people look sick. So we actually need to be able to discern which is which. You can't medicate a demon, but demons can manifest in physical ailments. And so you wonder why you're going to doctor after doctor and not getting results and you're still sick because maybe you've tried to medicate a demon and that demon just needs to be cast out. I prayed for people who had bipolar from generation to generation and they were just diagnosed with bipolar, but I discerned that that's a curse that's being passed down from generation to generation and people have been set free and then diagnosis reversed after we prayed against the spirit of infirmity and broke the generational curse. You don't have to live with those things. Whether it's a spirit of infirmity that needs to be cast out or healing that needs to come, God delivers on both. So I want to just tell you tonight that whatever you need, God is here. The power of God is present and ready to heal and to set the captives free. So we are gonna be releasing our ministers here in a moment and I know it's late and I know that the tendency would be to rush off, but why would you wanna leave bound when you know you can be set free in a moment? Do you realize everything can change tonight? All of those struggles and ceilings and chains and lies you believe can be broken off through the power of prayer. So I'm gonna ask everyone to stand to their feet right now and I'm gonna ask all of the ministers to come and they're gonna line up all the way from the wall all across the front. We will have plenty of people to get to you in a quick amount of time. But as we are getting the ministers organized, let me just pray a prayer. God, I thank you right now that you are here, that your power is here to set the captives free. I come against any demonic stronghold or any spirit that is not of the Holy Spirit and the authority God that you have given me. I declare that today is a day of freedom. I declare every curse is broken. Every ungodly belief is crushed to the ground and any demonic spirit that has a stronghold in their life will be broken by the power of your name. God, I thank you right now that freedom is theirs, that freedom is their portion. God set the captives free. We thank you. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Go ahead and come forward and receive prayer.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com